Hello and welcome to Mastermind Growth, where we share the wisdom, the insights and the stories from business owners. My name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host for this week's podcast. I'm your local Federation of Small Businesses Membership Advisor, meeting and supporting businesses from all industries. Today we have Felix with us. Hello, Felix. Hello, John. Thanks for taking time out to do this. I appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure in my own part. Excellent. So let's dive straight in. Tell us about your business and what you do. Yeah, so I'm a stuntman, um, not your everyday business, um, which uh, it obviously involves all the things that a stuntman does. So stunts are quite sim- closely related to uh, being an athlete, like a professional athlete, in the way you manage your time. Uh, part of it will be down to training. Um, part of it, in our case, is being on set where, where you be performing. And um, and then everything that that goes within a business like tax and counting and, and all the other kind of things that you get with a business. So um, it is sort of very heavily heavily focused around film work, and it's based. You're kind of like a contractor or a freelancer. So people will call you up, and uh, when you start as a stuntman. Uh, you're given the details of all the coordinators who run these stunts. So um, these guys, they're, they're responsible for doing the risk assessments and the, um, they, do, uh, they design the stunt themselves, um, but they're also responsible for hiring someone. Um, and that's where we come in. So a stunt coordinator, they might be working on extenders, for example, and the director says, we need a fight in a bar. And depending on how action savvy the director is, they might um, they might say, "I need specifically this man to fall over over here. I need that man to fall over there." And bloody 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 blah. They, they'll specifically design the stunt. Um, other directors who've never done action, they might just say, "Go off and do a fight." Um, we just need three of the five guys unconscious and and two of them are walking out the door and uh, then it's obviously the stunt coordinator's responsibility to find people who fit that uh that description um so they might want to look like punters in a bar would want to get skinny teenagers and they want to uh, have the right skills so if it's a a specific skill based uh, stunt like uh driving a bicycle into a car then they obviously need to know how to hit a car with a bicycle and then that's when they call up people. So when it t- comes to a, a stunt like that, it's fairly general as to what these people will look like. They they might need to be fairly stocky. Um, they might want to be a certain height, but generally it's not too important what they look like. If it's something that based around doubling, which is what I do a lot of, then it tends to be more uh, a specific look. So for example, I had to double Benedict Cumberbatch at one stage and they would look at um, look at the people they know and uh, traditionally it's been in a book um, there's been thoughts about bringing it online um, and they look through all the performers that they know about and think okay who fits the measurements of this guy and and then they'll obviously call up that person and say I do three on this date and then um and then that, that's how the stunts will, um, will run. And then obviously you get, if you're free, then you put that date aside. Um, with stunts, you're lucky 
in that if you get booked for a date, you generally get booked for a date. As a film extra, where you're in the background, there's a lot of uh, pencil nonsense where the um, casting agents will say, are you free for these dates? Okay, please pencil them in. If you're chosen, we'll let you know. Which is kind of awkward if you're running a like a restaurant job on the side of it because you don't know if you're working or you're not. If you're not working, then you still can't work your normal job because you put that time aside. So at least in stunts, if you're booked, you know you're booked. And then obviously you you prepare for the stunt. And if it's a specific skill, like being set on fire, you might want to, well, okay, maybe fire is a bad example because you wouldn't be able to practice that so much. But <laughs> if it was diving off a bridge, you might go and then do some diving. Um, if it's something that you either can't practice, like the fire, or it's something you don't need to practice because you've done it lots of time, but it's very simple, uh, then obviously you just you put that time aside and, and make sure you've got everything ready um, and the means to travel and so on. Um, so that that's more or less how you manage your time. Um, and that's where the real, the, the real sort of... Uh, um, difficulty, I suppose, in a in starting out a stunt performer comes in because you've really got to manage your time and clear aside your time as much as you can. Um, it's very much about devoting your time um, to to the stunts so that when a, a coordinator calls you up, which could be as little as well, I've heard as little as an hour and a half's notice. Um, how quickly can you get to the studio? That would be rare, but you do sometimes get twenty four hour um notice calls so when i worked in the first star wars film not the original one i'm not that old um but the first out of the new three uh star wars seven then it was literally just uh are you free tomorrow yes are you six foot yes okay you're booked and you're going to pinewood studios in this case so um sometimes you really have to be as flexible as that. Sometimes you get like several months notice. Game of Thrones, I think I had three months notice before it actually happened. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously it involves uh, being fairly open with your time and either willing to drop things if, if things come up or if um, if uh, you, you just, uh, just want to be completely um, the go-to guy, then you just don't book anything in and just have everything have all your time open. But the advantage of that is you can spend your time how you like. So um, you, you've got enough uh, time and funds to be able to just spend time training. It's essentially why I got into it. Um, I wanted a career where I could do my physical sport, the gymnastics, martial arts, and so on, um, and get paid for it, essentially, without being a professional athlete. So that's, that's sort of the other side of the time is where you work on your skills, uh, and you, you generally um, use those as a tool. You are the product. Um, and depending on who you are, you might be a more of a jack of all trades. So you might just uh, be used for all the different stunts. You do fights, you do a bit of water, um, and people just know you as a really reliable guy. Or you might be like me, where you're very specialist. So uh, for me, it's like super flexibility. Um, I'm a contortionist, so it's... Uh, people will hire me for those specific roles and, and in your training that's something you really want to develop and, and get really good at that one thing so that people who uh have a need for that sort of stunt they, they know to hire you and they know you're going to be reliable 
Fabulous. It's, um, there's a lot of parallels there for uh, everyday businesses, um, but you're quite an ex exciting business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's areas in business that are similar. There is a lot of networking involved. It's very much a who you know business. Um, you do have to be professional, punctual, punctual and reliable. You have to be on top of your communications. Um, people always say if you can, uh, you can communicate quickly and uh, politely, then you'll go find business. And that's true with stunts more than anything. Um, being on the end of the phone or quick to answer an email certainly goes a long way. So, um, yeah, like there's elements to it like any kind of business, while at the same time being a bit more showy. And you've almost got half of your hands in work that's given to you by others and half of it in, okay, I'm going to go out and find my work. Yeah, and I think a lot of people look at it and they just see the bit where you're on in a film or on a TV program. Um, I don't realize how much work goes in behind the scenes. So, for example, you're telling me how much you, you've been uh, running this weekend. Yes, yes. So, obviously, training, I mean, has to take a big part of it because that's what you have time to do. If, if you're in the early stages, let's say, and you're working a couple of times a month, you've then got another 28 days in a month to do something with, and you might as well spend it productively. So, um, that training takes up a big element. Stuntmen typically, as I was saying to another uh, business owner this morning, do their time or their, their focus on their training in blocks. So rather than doing a bit of gymnastics here and a bit of badminton, a bit of swimming, um, it's more common to do all swimming and then all judo and then really spend that time to focus in on that one thing, get really good at it, and then they might move to the next thing. And depending on what they do, they might um, keep certain things going if they're going to be useful. Um, so for me, it was ultra running. I decided I wanted to be able to run 50 plus uh, mile races. Uh, and that's basically what I've been doing. And, and I mean, it has carryovers. Like you're always going to need stamina in a stunt. Um, I've known a colleague of mine who had to jump um, in a like a diving position, a high diving position and land on a crash mat 60 times in order to please the directors. I had to, in the same film actually, I had to do the splits between um, two sliding apart trains. And we did that about 35 times. And, and oftentimes it's not even you, like you, they're, they're perfectly happy with you, but there's so many complications with techniques and camera work and lighting that it, you just need the stamina to do that. And it's kind of why stuntmen are there. People um, don't realize that um, stunt isn't just about the safety elements and having the skills or the guts to be able to jump off a building into an airbag. But an actor, even if they're capable of doing it, and lots of them are, um, people like uh, Tom Cruise and um, I suppose probably Kim Chris Hemsworth and um, a lot of these big actors, Dwayne Johnson, they can do stunts, like they're pretty active guys, but can they do them 50 times in a row? And that's really where the stamina comes in. So I guess like that kind of where the running comes full circle is it is it is sort of it's related without being completely related, if you know what I mean. Yes. So curious, so what's the strangest gig you've had? Strangest stunt. Ooh, well, I mean there's 
there's so many that you sort of have to rack your brains a little bit. Um, Game of Thrones was definitely strange. Um, without uh, sharing too much information, um, in depending on who the listeners are, um, I was hired to be in a brothel. And Game of Thrones are very, very realistic. So it was a very true-to-life brothel. So that was a very interesting environment to work in. I did have to question myself when I first got the email um, or even question the people who were giving it to me. Are you sure this is a stunt? Like, I'm definitely a stuntman and not another kind of TV artist, um, which they assure me it was, and it, it definitely was a fight in a brothel. So um, that was quite weird. That was sort of quite surreal. I had a shoot which wasn't so much a professional shoot, but it was a short film I did with the same guy who's done my showreel. And um, it was a magnificent shoot, loads of work put into it. And it was all based around horror. So it was um, this story about a, a boy who'd uh, hung himself and then they find his body like several weeks later. And he comes to life like he's possessed by a demon. And that was me. So I had to do all this like weird and wonderful kind of creepy stuff. And um, I suppose being involved really in the production of it with these guys, it was all sort of made by us. We got to grips with some of the things that went behind it. So um, for example, I had to stop eating and not eat for 25 hours um, simply because they wanted me looking as gaunt as possible. Uh, that and trying to go to the toilet in prosthetics is tremendously difficult. Um, it involves having like latex all over my hands and, and over my fingernails and stuff like that. Um, what uh, amused me and disgusted me most, I think, was they had this bath that was supposed to be filled with blood. And um, the, one of the uh, main heroes of this uh, film would be thrown by me into this bath, uh, which was filling up with blood. And in order to make the blood, we filled it with a mixture of mulled wine and golden syrup, which makes it a bit more sticky like blood, and as much makeup blood that we can get our hands on, which is about four or five tubes. And that was fine. It was a really, uh, it was a really good uh, like concoction and it looked realistic and, um, Yes, obviously, by that stage, because we were doing a 24-hour shoot, it was about four in the morning. So it wasn't the nicest experience to go to the room. And that was a part of the interesting and, and weirdness of it. It is trying to shoot over 25 hours and um, trying to keep going for that amount of time. Uh, but then we, um, we had to shoot uh, the second week and um, it was sort of all using it again um, and having to use all the equipment like it was so important for us to keep going and to to make the most of it and not like have to do it a third time that um the this uh hero is a good friend of mine um she went completely all out and just had this blood splattering all over the walls and over the floor and over her body like i really credit to her like how much she puts into it which is a testament to how much um how hard she works in the real professional jobs um but the whole like nature of um of it and then walking home in, uh, in london with no eyebrows i'll have you know um <laughs> i had a moment sitting in the uh, makeup chair when we were testing out prosthetics which if you don't know it's like the 
the the scars and the the bumpy stuff you get on people's faces half eaten faces and in this case it was a, a gouge taken out of my neck uh from the hanging and so i just testing the prosthetics and these guys were there because the, the lady who's um did this stunt was also one of the directors and i said should i say shave my eyebrows off and they're like yes let's do that and i'm like <laughs> why why did i suggest that <laughs> so for about four months i had no eyebrows and um i had to do a lot of my coaching and fitness training with no eyebrows um which certainly raised a few raised a few eyebrows one might say but <laughs> not mine excellent so yeah so- that would be so if there's somebody listening to this and they're they're looking for a stunt guy, maybe their production company, or maybe some coaching and some training from a stunt guy, uh, or they'd like to see your show reel, how would they contact you? Um, great question. Uh, so uh, you can contact me through my personal um, address if it's just uh, just like looking at the show reel or stuff like that. So that's felix.leach66 at gmail.com. Uh, or if you're looking for a professional uh, stunt, so something that involves a bit of safety involved um or even if you have a stunt going on and you just want a bit of advice because i'm more than willing to share advice um just to help keep people safe um you can contact my professional address which is felix leach stunts um, all one word at gmail.com uh particularly anyone who's got like a flexi feel to their business so anyone with flexi offices or um flexi I, I've heard like conference calling um, using uh, flexible, like working as, as sort of a call to action or a go to. Um, this is where these sort of sites can come in really useful. So that's something I'll suggest. Excellent. Thank you for sharing your passion and your insights into an in- interesting industry. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Fabulous. So this has been a podcast for business owners by business owners. Until next time, see you soon. See you, Felix. Bye, John. Bye, everyone. The Federation of Small Businesses with practical help for business owners such as the FSB Insurance Service. We're not only a fully general insurance broker with services for all products tailored to your needs, includes free business and personal credit checks, free valuation service and free business continuity planning. Any questions, contact me at john.cassidy-rice at fsb.org.uk